Today, every year that you're alive, science is extending your life for about a quarter of a year, right? There's going to be a point at which for every year you're alive, science is extending your life for more than a year. And that's called longevity escape velocity. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit, credit to the people. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness. Very excited about our guest. We have the inspiring Peter Diamandis in the house. Good to see you, sir. Louis, a pleasure to be back. Very excited. You have uh, recently been named uh, by Fortune as one of the world's 50 greatest leaders. Yeah, my mom paid a lot for that. <laughs> exactly. You're also a multiple uh, New York Times bestselling author of many books, uh, founder of XPRIZE and Singularity and many other businesses. Uh, but what I'm most fascinated by is your commitment to helping people live longer and live healthier. You know, in a world where it seems like there is more stress and chaos and disease and war and suffering than ever, mm. what we need is internal harmony and peace. Yeah. That'll help us live better lives today and longer. And I wanted to ask you, uh, you've got this incredible guide that is free online right now and a book coming out that is your longevity practices. Um, and, a, and a book that is your practice called Longevity, your practical playbook coming out. This is all your life's experience on how to sleep better, the right diets, the right exercises, the mindset, the medications, and how to not die from something stupid. <laughs> and, and I'm curious, is it possible for us to become immortal in a sense and to extend our life, maybe not forever, but farther than we could ever imagine. I think this is the decade that we're making a real uh, inflection in that. Mm. You know, for most of human history, you have to remember, um, if you go back 100,000 years in the earliest days of Homo sapiens as cavemen, uh, we would go into puberty at age 12 or 13, and we'd have a baby, we'd be, get pregnant, we'd have a baby, and by the time you were 27 or 28, you were a grandparent. Your baby wow. was having a baby, right? And back then, your job uh, was to perpetuate your species. And because we didn't have abundant food, the last thing you wanted to do was steal food from your grandchildren's mouths. So most people died by age 30. So the human body evolved really to live to age 30, and then it was a slow decline after that. And we moved to about 100 years ago. The average age was around 40. 100 uh, years ago. 100 years ago. Um, and then we uh, had... Uh, pasteurization and antibiotics and better sanitation and other medications. And we've moved from an average age of 40 to up, upper 70s now. But many people know people who are 100 years old, right? Um, or a centenarian or super centenarian. And the question is, how old could we live? So I remember when I was in medical school, I watched a television show on long-lived sea life that certain species of whales, bowhead whales, could live 200 years. And Greenland sharks could live like 500 years and have babies at 200 years. Oh, my goodness. And so the question was, why could they live that long and why couldn't we? And I remember thinking to myself that it's either a hardware problem or a software problem. Mm. And we're going to have the ability to solve that. I think this is the decade that we are learning how to solve that. So do I think we're immortal? Probably not. Do I think we can make it to 120 consistently, 150? Yeah, I think we could. Um, and I think that, again, the breakthroughs to enable that are coming as a result of all these exponential technologies that we spoke about last time I was on your show. Uh, you know, this is computation, sensors, networks, AI, robotics, 3D printing, synthetic biology, you know, uh, quantum technologies, all of these things are coming together and reinventing, um, you know, how we understand aging and how we, we deal with it. 
So this is a magical, magical decade. Um, I'll, I'll say one other thing, and I'll, I'll mention why this work. Uh, there's a concept that a guy named Aubrey de Grey and Ray Kurzweil talk about called longevity escape velocity. So today, you know, science is, there's more money going into longevity research and biotech every year. I mean, it's just massively increasing. Uh, and so today, every year that you're alive, science is extending your life for about a quarter of a year, right? There's going to be a point at which for every year you're alive, science is extending your life for more than a year. And that's called longevity escape velocity. Mm. And um, I interviewed a few, for me, of the top scientists and thinkers in this field. I said, when are we going to see that? And their answer was pretty shocking. Um, Ray Kurzweil believes it's within the next 10 to 12 years. Uh, George Church out of Harvard said probably in the next 15 years. Mm -hmm. So uh, if that's the case, if we can really hit longevity escape velocity in that time frame, your job and the job of everyone listening is not to die from something stupid in the interim. Right. Right. So it's like, how do you, how do you keep yourself in the best health to intercept these breakthroughs that are coming? Because they are coming. There's no greater business. You know, for me, AI and longevity, the two biggest business opportunities on the planet. If you could go back to your 30s or 40s, yeah, what would you have done differently then that you know now? Huh. Yes. Uh, there's a, a bunch of things. So. Um, so the book that I have coming out, um, or just came out, uh, is called Longevity, Your Practical Playbook, and that's amazing. I actually wrote up my, uh, my longevity practices, and they're available for everybody online, and I would do what I did, what I did there. Right, and they can get this on your website. They can go, yeah, diamandis.com slash longevity, and it's a free, a free download. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, it breaks down to the fundamentals. It is about what you eat. It's about the exercise you get. It's about your sleep. It's about your mindset. And it's about what I call not dying for something stupid, which we can talk about, which is understanding what's going on inside your body. Um, and I think that uh, it's pretty damn logical. People just need to want to get there. Um, it's, it's what you do with your time. It's how you trade, uh, the things in your life. I don't know if you want to go with this, but happy to dive into any of that. Yeah. I mean, what would you have done if you were, all right. Well, so, what, you know, so first of all, yeah. okay. So when I was in medical school and grad school, I used to like pride myself on how little I would sleep. Right. Right. It was like, I said, okay, five, five and a half hours. I can get by on that. And now I'm like, you know, I'm like eight hours. It's like my objective. I'm in bed by nine nine thirty the latest because my my eyes pop open at five five thirty and so you have to go to bed earlier to, it's so i can control when i go to sleep uh so getting a, uh, eight hours of sleep if the body if evolution had allowed us to get away with less sleep we would have evolved that way mm. right i mean while you're sleeping you're not hunting you're not procreating you're not defending yourself it's a very vulnerable time and so evolution would have reduced the amount of sleep. And it didn't. Uh, we need eight hours of sleep. You know, seven is a minimum, eight. And people who think they get away with less, you're fooling yourself. Uh, so sleep is the first. Uh, we can go into diet. And I spend a lot of time on that. And there's no one diet for everybody, right? I've been a, I've been on a keto diet. I've been a vegan. I've probably back to my Mediterranean diet roots. But there are some fundamentals. And uh, one is minimizing sugar. Um, sugar is a poison. I mean, to be very clear, the body was never designed to take in as much sugar as we do. Um, and it's addictive. And the sugar molecule attaches to different uh, proteins in the body. And it's an inflammatory agent. It's a cardio inflammatory. It's a neuroinflammatory. It's, um, it's not good. So cutting out sugar, I think is one of the most important things you can do. Um, the next of course is, uh, uh, eating whole plants, uh, whole plant diet. Uh, I still, I'll, you know, eat fish and chicken. Whole plants for me is I attack plants. And by the way, one little trick that I learned that I think is, is, is brilliant. It matters the order in which you eat your food. Really? Yeah. So if you got a plate in front of you, eat your veggies first, eat your fiber, um, eat your protein next, and then eat your carbs last. 
Why so, is that? Well, the fiber coming in actually slows your digestive tract. It slows your ability and allows you to actually absorb the nutrients that come from your plants first and foremost. It slows digestion of the protein. If you eat your white rice or your bread, I mean, you go to a French or Italian restaurant, they serve you a glass of wine and a big loaf of bread. You eat first. that first, yeah, yeah, and boom, it just spikes your blood sugar. Um, and you fill yourself with the good stuff. I mean, you have to learn the tricks. And the tricks are when the when the bread and the wine comes, says, can you hold off until the main course comes? To the end, yeah, until, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then if, you know, you're at a dinner party and they're putting dessert on your on your plate, it's like, just say no before it ends up there. Because if it's in front of you, you're battling <laughs> you're the entire it. time. To not and you're waiting it. 20 minutes until the food comes, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the order of food, you know, your fiber, your veggies, then your protein, and then any carbs you want to take in. Um, so, I mean, those are just some real simple basics. And then exercise, you know this, you're in amazing shape. How often do you work out? Six days a week. Yeah. Yeah. So Lifting and cardio and running. And yeah. So that's, that's super important, right? So I am trying to do the same. I'm trying to get five weight workouts in mm -hmm. a week. Mm -hmm. Minimum of three, targets five. Um, there's no, no better pro-longevity drug right now than exercise. Yeah. Um, and so it, if, if you're, oh, if anybody's listening over 60, working out like once or twice a week, right. Reduces your all cause mortality by 50%, reduces your chance of cancer by threefold. Right. And so it really is an amazing element here. Um, and building muscle mass is one of the most important things. So for me, it's like, I've been pushing to get to 10 extra pounds of muscle mass. I'm at six this year. So I've got four more to go. You're like a strong man. I'm, like feel, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And it's um so those are the things that I wish I had thought about. So I'm 62 now, right? Mm -hmm. I'm uh in the I feel like I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. And I wish I had thought about this 20 or 30 years ago. What is how much harder is it to build muscle after 50, 60, it, 70? It's, it's a lot harder, right? So your body, uh, there's a whole process of sarcopenia, which is the basically the wasting of muscle. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, uh, again, as we're aging after 30, a whole number of different elements. So your hormone levels begin to dysregulate, right? Mm -hmm. The number of stem cells in your body begin to go down. Your ability to build muscle reduces. Your thymus that generates your immune system begins to be lost and go down. So the body, because you know, evolution never selected for these things after you reproduced. Right. There's no pro-selective factor. Um, it's the body begins to dysregulate and drops down. So, which brings me to what we just announced, you know, a few days ago, which I've been working on for 15 years. Wow. Um, which is, we've just announced a uh, $101 million X Prize health span. So, um, as you know, uh, I had started the XPRIZE Foundation now 29 years ago, hard to believe. Wow. And we've launched $300 million in competitions globally. And those $300 million in prizes, one was for $10 million for space flight, um, uh, $10 million for mapping the ocean floor, $100 million that Elon funded for pulling gigatons of carbon out of the atmosphere. And these are prizes for doing hard things. It's not for uh, an idea. You have to actually do the thing. Solve the problem. Solve the problem. Show it Show it done. Build the hardware. Do the science. Demonstrate it. And then you win the money. Wow. And uh, so the largest prize to date had been this $100 million prize that Elon put up for pulling gigatons of carbon. And that prize is ongoing right now. It'll be won in the next couple of years. Um, 15 years ago, I had a conversation with Peter Thiel and Aubrey de Grey. Could we do a longevity prize? <laughs> and it was like, don't know how we'd measure it, don't we do. Five, so it, it, it stopped. Five years ago, the conversation picked up again. Uh, John Bonet of Sergey Young, uh, mm -hmm. venture capitalist, dear friend of mine, yeah. uh, uh, gave XPRIZE a half million bucks to look at this again. Then yeah. I had a conversation with a guy named George Church at Harvard Medical School. He's one of those brilliant uh, bio uh, researchers, um, entrepreneurs on the planet. Um, and he said, listen, you can't think of a longevity prize, but what you have to think about is a rejuvenation prize or age reversal prize mm. where you're asking teams 
not to wait and see, can a person live 30 years extra? It's going to take you 30 years to pay this thing out. But can you actually reverse a person's aging process by 10 or 20 years? How do you measure that? Yeah, so it's interesting, right? So there's no accepted biomarkers of aging, mm -hmm. like a cholesterol level or something. But what I realized with, uh, with George's help was what you really want you don't care what uh, a biomarker or a number uh, on a on a you know blood report says. What you care about is at the end of this. Do I feel? Do I have the muscle strength I had 20 years ago? Mm -hmm. Do I have the cognition I had 20 years ago? Do I have the, the recovery process? Yeah, yeah, the immune system I had 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So this is an X Prize that we're asking teams around the world. Uh, to demonstrate the ability to restore function in, and we're doing this in, uh, in individuals who are aged 65 to 80. So any team around the world can compete. They're going to have to get a population of people aged 65 to 80, and they have to give a treatment to those individuals in 12 months or less. So at the end of that 12 month process, we're then going to measure, we're going to measure those, that cohort of individuals before and then measure after. And did we restore the strength they had? Are we going to restore their immune function and their cognition? From 20 years prior. From 20 years prior. Wow. Right? Do they have, and, and there's, there's a lot of uh, well-characterized data. Um, and, and that's the goal. So fascinating. There was a study done at Harvard London School of Business in Oxford that said every year of additional healthy life is worth $38 trillion to the global economy. Really? Yeah. Think about it because you're still productive, uh -huh. right? Um, you're not spending your money on, uh, on health. Um, you know, the question is why do people retire and get out of the business world? Either they're forced to, right, because they hit some retirement limit or they're in pain or they're tired. Right, but if you if you're at 65, 75, 85, and you feel amazing, your brain is clear, you've got incredible strength, you're healthy. The last thing you want to do at the top of your game is like you know, shut down and, and go crawl into a living room someplace. For people that have this this desire to retire at a certain age and and not work, what do you think happens to that type of individual when they stop? being productive or having a purpose towards I, I'll, some type I'll of work. I'll never forget, I was, I, I, you know, years ago, I was meeting with a, a billionaire here in LA who had just retired as CEO of a major company. And uh, we had lunch and he said something along the lines of, you know, ever since I've retired, you know, like, Going shopping for food and getting my hair cut in a day is the most complicated thing I do, <laughs> you know. And, and it's it's like, I think people need to live a purpose-driven life. They need to have something to do. And so the question is, what are you going to do uh, when you have that extra couple of decades of life? Maybe it's start another company. Maybe it's go and travel around the world. Maybe it's go to the moon. Uh, maybe it's get another degree. Um, but if you've got the energy. Right, and the vitality. I think that uh, it's great. I think people sort of conflate um, getting old with being in a wheelchair and drooling mm -hmm. and being in pain, and no one wants that. No. So I, I, you know, let me just distinguish the term lifespan and health span. Okay. Right. Lifespan is how long your ticker is going, how long your brain function is is functioning, um, and Health span is how long are you to the health to enjoy your life in every way you want, your grandkids, your, you know, traveling around the world. The quality of the life. quality of life, not the length of life. And, and one of the challenges is that health, you know, lifespan is a lot longer than health span. And there's a last 20, 30 years can be a degrading period. What you really want is mm. that you want the, your health span to continue and in the life just... Drop yeah. in the last week. Drop in the last week. Right. Yeah. That's what David Sinclair talks about. He said his, I think his mother was suffering for a 10 years yeah. from, I, 
can't remember if it was lung cancer or something, but she was declining for a decade plus. And he said, it's, it's agony watching someone you love and care about suffer yeah. and have live longer, but suffer with their health. And he was like, I hope when I'm older, I just, you know, in one week, I just, you know, die yeah. and don't suffer. And, and I think everybody should want that. Uh, and I think the breakthroughs we're going to see out of this XPRIZE will help people get there. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning PIVI Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So it's, you know, it's $101 million. We expect to have hundreds of teams competing for this around the wow. world. Um, we're going to give away $10 million after two years uh, to the, we're going to give away uh, a quarter of a million to the top 40 teams to help perpetuate them forward. And then a year and a half later, we'll give away a million dollars each to the top 10 teams. Wow. And then there's $81 million up for grabs. Yeah. It's incredible. It is. Our, one of, we have two major uh, sponsors and a bunch of individuals. I'm, you know, I've committed $5 million to this prize myself. Wow. Um, we have a number of $10 million donors, uh, a group called Hevolution, which is out of, uh, out of Riyadh and the U.S., has committed uh, 40 million towards this prize. Wow. And then a guy named Chip Wilson, uh, you know him as the founder of Lululemon. Okay, yep. Chip's an amazing entrepreneur, um, beautiful man, who has been suffering from a muscular dystrophy, and this is a muscle function loss. And so uh, he was the first major funder of this prize, put up a quarter of it, and then uh, he's added a $10 million bonus for anybody who can slow or reverse his muscular dystrophy, wow. his, his disease called FSHD. And so, you know, I think there is a, a lot of brilliant scientists out there and the cost of doing biotech has plummeted. The tools that we have with AI are incredible. So it's really about how do you make a call out to the world and say, I don't care who you are, where you went to school, what you've ever done, if you can solve this problem, right? And so we're all solving, we're all, uh, suffering from aging. Mm. That is a problem, a universal problem. Yes. And I think you were telling me earlier that the kind of three main things we need to learn how to either optimize or reverse is the decline of muscle mass and strength, Yeah, uh, the immune system, and cognition. Is yeah. that right? Those are the yeah. three the, kind for of... For this competition, those are the three we chose. And so within a year, you're going to need to um, you know, sharpen the individual's mind, give them back the memory, the acuity, uh, that they had from 20 years earlier. And so someone who's 80, you know, going back to 60, or someone who's 65, going back to 45, that's that's a, a big deal. And we know we can we know this decline that occurs as we age. Um, for immune system, uh, this is about, your immune system is amazing, right? The two most complicated and advanced machines in the universe are the human brain and the immune system come second. Mm -hmm. And for the immune system, 
your immune system is what defends you against, you know, hopefully COVID or any infectious disease. diseases. Diseases, yeah. It also defends you against cancer. Mm. So we're always developing cancers in the body. It's just that your immune system, your innate immune system, your natural killer cells, discover the cancer and zap it. And um, so, if it, you have a weakened immune system, you're more susceptible yes, to cancers and and the flu and other things. And there's a concept called immunoexhaustion that's occurred. And so what we want to do is give people back their physical strength, their immune strength, and their cognitive strength, right? And I think those are, um, if you've got those, um, then the quality of your life has increased. So we, this is a seven-year competition, um, and uh, we're going to follow this very carefully. Uh, and at the end of the day, my hope is by 2030, we're going to be adding at least a decade, hopefully wow. 20 years of health to people's lives. That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, here's the thing. There's, there seems to be more information about health and wellness than ever before with, you know, I've had a lot of different experts on over the last couple of years. There's so many other experts sharing their content and, and findings online. Again, you've got this incredible guide. Um, there's there's tech and tools and all these different things that can seem overwhelming for people. It is. And it can feel like a full-time job to just manage your health and be worried about, okay, what do I need to do? And can I eat this? And when, you know, when to sleep? I just turned 40 this year. Okay. Young man. And, and in my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in my teens and twenties, I felt invincible, yeah. right? I felt like I can do whatever. I can train as hard as I want. I'm going to recover. I don't need to sleep. I can eat whatever. And I'm still going to be a great athlete and a specimen because I've got that, you know, testosterone or whatever. Um, but now I started to feel little injuries over the last couple of years. And I realized, okay, I can't just do whatever. Mm. I need to be intentional about my health. I've lost 30 pounds this year. I've really taken on tracking and measuring things better and just optimizing and tweaking. I've got a long way to go. But for people who are in their 30s and 40s, yeah. you know, I want them to get this and dive in deeper. But if they're like, you know what, I don't have the ability to do everything, but here are these five habits yeah. that I can do so and take for, on. What, so, what could I be doing? Uh, got it. So first and foremost, uh, there is help that's going to be coming. Uh, you know it, we all know it, it's going to be AI, mm -hmm. right? AI is going to ultimately become your diagnostician. We'll all have some version of Jarvis. Like a coach. A, a, co a health coach. coach, right? That is, uh, you know, connected to your wearables and everything. You give it permission to, to see what you're eating, to measure your blood sugar, right? I'm, I'm wearing a continuous glucose monitor. I've got my Aura Ring, my Apple Watch. And it will ultimately be there you set it for whatever you want right i'm willing to take these many pills a day i'm willing to spend this amount of time i'm willing to be bothered to eat the right thing or not um you know take the stairs don't take the elevator all those little <laughs> things that can like so that is coming down the line um how long is it from now is it three years five years probably not much longer than that where uh it's going to be integrated into our lives all the time and it's going to be an incredible, um, you know, it's like there's no more advanced health diagnostician and coaching you can have at that point. Yeah. And it'll be personalized for you. Personalized for you. It'll know your genomics. Wow. Uh, it'll know when you're stressed. It'll have listened to your conversations. It'll know your schedule. It may say, listen, I have an amazing uh, executive assistant, uh, uh, chief of staff, Esther, and she's like, You've got an hour Thursday morning, you should go work out, right? And I love her for it. And so, but your AI may be doing that for you, uh, right? So, uh, so those, those kinds of make it super easy is mm -hmm, coming mm -hmm. um, in the interim. Um, and, you know, I lay out in, in this, uh, these longevity practices, you know, diet, sleep, exercise, mindset, not dying from something stupid, um, meds and supplements. And you can go, and ultimately decide what you want to do, let me take them a little bit at a time. Um, there's one important thing. So uh, the not dying for something stupid standpoint, let's talk about that. So most people, if I ask them, is there anything going on inside your body that you need to know about? 
they would answer, no, I'm fine. I feel fine. I feel good. I feel good. I feel good. But the reality is we have no idea what's going on inside our bodies. You know, we know more about what's going on inside our refrigerator or inside our car than we do inside our body. And the body is incredibly good at hiding disease. Mm. A few stats. 70% uh, of people who have heart attacks have no symptoms before their heart attack. No really? shortness of breath, nothing on even a CT scan, on a typical calcium scan. Uh, and it's because historically, if you were looking for calcified plaque, that isn't what killed you. It was what's called soft plaque that isn't calcified mm. that in the middle of the night can evulse and block a coronary artery and boom, you're dead. Um, the cancers we die from, 70% of those are not screened for. We screen for prostate and breast, right? And those typically don't kill you because we, we screen for those. But the ones like a, uh, a pancreatic cancer um, or a, uh, a glioblastoma, wherever those other cancers are that you don't screen for, those are the ones that nail you. And one of the challenges is that we don't feel anything until it's stage three or stage four, until it's, it's too late. late. The body's great at covering this up. Mm. Amazingly good. You don't have uh, shakes from Parkinson's until 70% of the substantia nigra neurons in the brain are gone. And so the question, if that's the case, if the body's really great of covering it up, it's like no symptoms, no symptoms, no symptoms, boom. And then it's like you go to the hospital and the doctor says, I'm sorry to tell you this, but guess what? It didn't happen that morning. It's been going on for some time. So the question becomes, how do you know? And so uh, the way you know is by looking. So one of the companies I started with Tony Robbins three years ago was a company called Fountain Life. Mm -hmm. uh, we have four centers right now, New York, Orlando, Naples, Dallas. We'll be opening up LA. Um, we have a, like a 40 center waiting list. And people come in and we digitize you. Uh, it's a full body MRI, brain, brain imaging, brain f blood flow. Organs, everything. Everything, right? Uh, a, a coronary CT with an AI looking for soft plaque in specific, right? A DEXA scan, 120 biomarkers, your full genome, um, your microbiome, your metabolome. It's 150 gigabytes of data. To answer two questions, one, is there anything going on inside your body you need to know about right now, first and foremost? And if there isn't, you know, knock on wood or whatever you want, what is likely to happen to you? Mm -hmm. And how do we slow it down or prevent it? Was there anything in you when you did these scans um, that scared you or that was worrisome? Uh, there there was so i had a so one of the things of you know people say should i do this early in life uh should i wait till i'm in my 50s or 60s so when i had my first scan i had an enlarged aortic root where the aorta comes into the uh, ventricle of the heart and the question was is that way i've always been or is that something that is developing and enlarging because there's right. a, a few different diseases that have that as a as a, a symptom and so in eight years, it hasn't changed at all. Okay. And so I'm, I'm good with that, right? Uh, and so having a baseline is really important. I had a dear friend of mine who lives in Miami. We're doing business together. I said, uh, come through Fountain. Uh, he went to the, our headquarters in Orlando. He went through. He is a you know, very wealthy, very healthy 50-year-old guy. Comes through. Next day, he gets called from our physicians. We found two aneurysms in your brain. Wow. And he had just had surgery. It's all fixed and repaired, but those could have ruptured. And I've, we've had people who have come through um, whose physician said, don't waste your time. You know, this, you don't need that. You test. don't need this stuff yeah. and so forth. We have saved hundreds of lives. So, 2% of people who come through have a cancer they don't know about. Wow. 2%. Two and a half percent of aneurysms they don't know about, fourteen point four percent, which is a pretty big number, 
have either neurodegenerative disease, cardiovascular disease, or metabolic disease they need to take care of right away. And so, um, again, uh, you know, I, I like to say we don't know what's going on inside our body. So one of the things we do at Fountain Life is we put you through this advanced diagnostic. You go once a year. Um, you're uploaded once a year. And then on a quarterly basis, we do some maintenance blood tests to see what's going on. The second half of Fountain Life is the most advanced therapeutics. So at the centers, we are scanning the world for what are uh, longevity therapeutics that are safe um, and reasonably you know, low risk and have efficacy. And so we've just started doing what's called therapeutic plasma exchange. And this is where you pull your blood out, you spin it, you take out the cells, you separate the cells, and you pull out the plasma, which is like an oil change, and you put back al you know, pure albumin and saline. And it's like, this has been a regenerative feature in, in animals, and it does a lot of good for humans as well. It's a six treatments a year. Wow. Um, we have... Uh, How long have you been doing that process? I just started. We just got the equipment in, so I'm super excited about this. Um, we have uh, an IND with a company called Cellularity, which is one of the leading stem cell companies in the United States for giving people supplementary natural killer cells and stem cells and exosomes. So the goal is as we start delivering these services under an FDA, what's called the Investigational New uh, Drug, IND, is to make available um, these therapeutics, but to do it with a wraparound of science, which is you're uploaded, we're fully tested, then you have your therapeutics, and then you're fully tested again. And let's measure what's actually going on inside your body mm -hmm. and then report on the science. So uh, super excited about, about these things. You were talking about stats for a minute. What is the stat that you've heard recently that scares you the most about the human population, where things are going, health and wellness, diseases, like what is the stat, obesity, what is the stat I mean, that I scares think, you the most? I think what scares me, and, um, and you know me, I'm the guy, not the glass is half full, it's overflowing. Um, uh, but uh, the things that worry me uh, are uh, mental health mm -hmm. and obesity. Um, I think those two uh, those two elements uh, are really important uh, for us to get a handle on. You know, so obesity but, is greater than ever now, right? It is, uh, and in different parts of the world, in different populations, and there's a very clear reason for it. It goes back to our conversation about sugar. The body was never designed to ingest these mm. super empty calories. Right. So, uh, you know, I put blame on the food companies, uh, on parts of the government that are not uh, regulating around this. I mean, the garbage that uh, kids eat for breakfast, including my kids on occasion, right? These empty calories, I mean, these, it's, uh, these are not nutritious breakfasts. This is, these are, you know, sugar covered sugar right. uh, and it's like uh and when did this become when did this become accepted as mm, as healthy healthy or, or acceptable yeah yeah what is the do you know the statistics on obesity or mental health uh, right now i i probably have them in in my book i don't have them at top top of mind here but but obesity how much is obesity affecting health span and long span uh, yeah, uh, health span yeah health span lifespan lifespan yeah no it's it's uh it's crazy i mean uh, obesity is uh, tied directly to cardiovascular disease it's tied to um uh to you know your lack of uh your metabolic disease where you're basically becoming insulin uh insensitive you're putting on weight um it can lead to renal disease it can lead to uh, you know, even cognitive disorders. It's, uh, you know, and we've become a society where we're couch potatoes most of the time. Um, and we're not incentivized to stay in good health. So it's a challenge. Um, 
I mean, staying in good health is takes a commitment. Mm. Um, and the way I think about it uh, is really, we have an amazing life coming our way, all right? Um, I wrote a book called Abundance, The Future is Better Than You Think. Now, 12 years ago, I'm writing the follow-on called uh, Age of Abundance, mm. which I hope will come out in, in mid-24. And if you think about the idea that we're heading towards a world where we can uplift every man, woman, and child, give them access to all the food, water, energy, healthcare, education that they want. I think that's a world which is going to be a more peaceful world because if you if you have something to live for, um, uh, that's an important aspect. What do you think will be the biggest problem <clears throat> of humanity when they have abundance, safety, food, shelter, yeah. health and wellness. I, I what is the biggest problem yeah. that we're going to so, have? So the question is going to be it may be a conversation on purpose. Right. When everything is too good, if you know, and there's no problems. Uh, so so do you remember that Twilight episode uh, where there's a character who's like a gangster and he dies and in the Twilight episode uh, he's in Las Vegas and uh, all the women are there fawning over him. He goes, uh, the, he goes, and he, he's gambling. He's winning all the time. He's winning all the time. He's winning all the time, and everything's so easy. And he's like, "Man, heaven sucks," you know, because it's way too. Is like, you know. And then the the person there goes, "Makes you what makes you think you're in heaven, mm. right? When when everything is is when there's no challenge, right? We have evolved." But on the same side, uh, I don't know if you know Sadhguru. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So brilliant i was on stage with him in st petersburg years ago and he said something i never forget he said technology is the means by which humanity takes a vacation from survival mm. so we've been surviving for a hundred thousand years surviving each other surviving the elements surviving famine disease um so but the question becomes what do we do when you can do anything and what war have we created when technology allows us to not have to survive anymore? These are things we're going to figure out soon enough. It's kind of like the, I don't know, the, the generalization or the stereotype that, you know, rich kids get messed up. Mm -hmm. You know, kids of rich parents, if they don't have discipline or purpose or, you know, something that they need to figure out things on their own, they turn out to be menaces, I guess, of society or something, right? It's like... Spoiled, yes. Spoiled, yeah. Entitled, as opposed to you know, in service, giving, and hardworking. Um, you know, uh, how do you, you know? It's like how do we manage that when we have everything at our fingertips? I, I think the question becomes: Do we uplevel our challenges that we do? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would like to go start a city on the moon. Wow, um, that's I, I'd you know, I'd <laughs> that's crazy. like to uh, upload my mind into a computer. I'd like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what kind of crazy things can we imagine? But you think about, you know, we're living in the in the year 2023, okay. Um, but if we went back to our great grandparents in you know 1900 and said, "This is what life is like," um, uh, you know, I think it would be almost unfathomable for them. Right, zipping around in airplanes, having Zoom conversations, uh, you know, doing podcasts, uh, you know, FaceTiming someone around the world, yeah, for yeah, free, yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, you know, what you don't grow your food. Where's your horse to get around? <laughs> and um, and so, life is going to change dramatically. It's going to change as a function of AI. Mm. Um, I mean, dramatically within the next ten years. My half my life is longevity. The other half of my life is is focused on AI, right? And so AI is going to create uh, near infinite abundance. We have humanoid robots coming um, and these robots will do our bidding for us. Uh, they'll do our labor for us. They'll do our work. They'll be accessible to us for less than the price of a car. Um, and so what is life going to be like when we've got this? It's going to be different for sure. And what should we be most afraid of? Mm. I don't like to think of things in terms of being afraid of abundance because I look at it as a positive thing. Yeah. But what should we be afraid of with I, the world I of abundance? I, I, I don't have an answer for you. Um, 
let me, you know, let's think this through together. With, with mental, with people who have mental illness around abundance, you know, it's like, how do we manage? Listen, we're going to, as we have abundance, we're going to have abundance of good things and abundance of bad things. Hey. I think that AI will be the tools by which we detect and, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it'll be a white hat, black hat, counterbalancing war. Um, uh, would I rather solve the problems uh, with the technology we're going to have in 20 years versus the technology we had 20 years ago? Sure. Um, you know, will we, uh, will people become powerful and bored? Will we all play video games? Are we living in the middle of a video game, right? I'm still convinced this is a giant simulation. Yeah. And it means nothing. If it was, you know, it wouldn't matter. I wouldn't do anything differently. But uh, how will we... In how will we uh, uh, sort of engage, entertain, educate, uh, give purpose? I mean, you know, my two 12-year-olds, uh, they're fraternal twins. Uh, they uh, love playing their video games, right? So they're in Roblox or they're in Minecraft or they're role-playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's an engaging world. Yeah, right yeah. and it's someone's created that world and they're playing in it and having fun and it's creating challenges for them i wish they were more educational as games and maybe they will be um but i can imagine a world in the future where uh there are engaging and challenging and fun worlds that we immerse ourselves into right we immerse ourselves into a movie right now for two hours, two books, and a half hours in, movies. in books and so forth, entertain ourselves. I'm going to, you know, listen, a, a friend of mine who's the CEO of uh, Stability AI, uh, Imad Mustak, he, his company uh, created Stable Diffusion that creates all these images. They can now uh, create minutes of photorealistic movies, right? And next year, full length, to feature films. So imagine in the future where I'll say, hey, Lewis, listen, I created this virtual world of ancient Greece. If you want to go and check it out, we're, we're exploring and talking to philosophers. Let's go for a walk with Plato and Socrates wow. and see what it's like. And it's photorealistic and you're in your VR and you're like living there or you're on the moon or you're playing in a real life game. So I think AI and VR coming together is going to do some amazing things for us. Um, it's this is an amazing period of of uh, of human evolution, um, and we're uh, going from one state of evolution to another. We are going to transform. You know, Ray Kurzweil talks about the singularity, right? That moment in time where. We're unable to predict what's coming next, where we're connecting our brains to the cloud. His prediction is that what we're, that's 10 to 12 years away. Wow. Right? Where we've got nanotechnology, uh, you know, going in and fixing things. Uh, the challenge is that we like the world being the way it was when we went to sleep last night. We don't like challenges. We don't like these these dramatic differences, but it's happening, all right? There's no velocity switch on this change. Uh, there's no on-off switch. Uh, AI, biotech, right? Uh, at the same time, you know, two amazing women won the Nobel Prize for CRISPR to be able to go in, right? You have 3.2 billion letters from your mom, 3.2 billion letters from your dad throughout your life. That's your software. Uh, and if, unfortunately, you were born with a genetic, you know, uh, disease, in the words, a few of those letters were off and you had sickle cell anemia, beta thalassemia, a congenital blindness, you were stuck with it. You're, and, and you were fearful about having kids because you're going to pass it on to them. Now, you can expect that within our lifetime, there's going to be a cure, not a treatment, not a palliative, like take this drug, we'll take the pain away. A reversal. A complete, you know, a single injection. We're going to go and edit your genome, change those few letters, and you're now cured. Your genome is normal and you don't have it anymore. Wow. I mean, this is biblical stuff, right? So, you know, our mind instantly goes to the negative. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I just feel like uh, this is the most exciting time ever to be alive. And so um, I do think that we need to create a vision of the future that people are excited about. You know, the work I do at the XPRIZE, we've talked a little bit about uh, this $101 million XPRIZE health span and, and folks who are interested, just go to xprize.org. You can learn more about it, especially if you want to compete for this prize, go to xprize.org and and, uh, and go for $101 million of prize money. By the way, I'll just mention uh, uh, the reason it's $101 million versus $100 million. Uh, Chip Wilson, my first donor, said, how big is your biggest prize? I said, well, Elon put up 100 you got to beat that. you got to beat that. I said, do you want to put the extra million? And he said, sure. Wow. So, there you it's go. It's 101. Um, you know, one of the things we're looking at doing is creating a vision for the year 2040 mm. of what can energy look like in 2040? What does the environment look like? What does health look like? What does education look like? And painting that hopeful, compelling, and abundant future. And then you know, giving people a target to shoot for. And I think that's important because we do need to know where we're going with this powerful tech. For this XPRIZE, yeah. again, we mentioned these kind of three categories. Yes. Muscle, immunity, and cognition. Yeah. Of those three, what are you most afraid of failing in either yourself or humans? So I think, I think for everybody, cognition is the scary thing, right? If you lose your mind, if you have neurodegenerative disease, whether it's Alzheimer's or some form of dementia. My dad in his later years um, had uh, a dementia, I think it was secondary to his, uh, to, uh, his atrial fibrillation um, and throwing some clots. Um, I think yeah, it was vascular dementia, but uh, it's sad, right? Uh, and if you lose your memories, you lose your clarity of thought, you lose your 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 ability to communicate focus you lose yourself and nobody wants that that's not life anymore so that's the most important thing and i think we're what are the biggest contributors to cognition loss uh well one of them is 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 sugar and one of them that is uh is you know another one is stress um uh you know another one is uh not understanding what you're your genetics are and not taking action. So um, the what are the best things? Exercise is one of the strongest ways of keeping your, your brain in great shape. Mm. Uh, sleep, right? Minimizing sugar. It's all of these very simple things. Uh, and ultimately, it's also putting yourself in a situation like you do every day here on this podcast. It's learning something new. Learning. Right? Learning. So everybody here listening and learning, um, it's, it's basically exercising those neurons. You have 100 billion neurons, 100 trillion synaptic connections in your mind, and you want to be stimulating and exercising those. Wow. So what um, is this thing yeah. with paddle sports? I keep hearing these this information around like people who play paddle or racket sports either live longer or have less memory loss or something around like I, I haven't heard that but... pickleball and racquetball and tennis like people have better quality of life I don't know if you've heard yeah, this. well I mean I can imagine I can imagine something that. around the hand-eye coordination and the movement yeah well it's exercise it's it's getting it's cardiovascular exercise right so um I mean losing Cognition, I think, is people worry about yeah. the most. Um, but, uh, you but, know, the, but then you, you know, lose muscle mass and you fall over. You can't push yourself yeah, up. You're, yeah. You die so, that way. So what happens? And this was my my dad's uh, how my dad uh, uh, ended his you know life. Ultimately, was he was becoming sarcopenic um, in the middle of the night. He got out of bed to go to the bathroom and fell and broke his hip. Uh. And when you break your hip or your, in this, I'm going to say it was his pelvis, or your pelvis, um, you're in the hospital, you can't move, you typically develop a pneumonia, and then That's it's the decline. Yeah, so it's like over the age of uh, 60 or 65 uh, with a broken hip or pelvis, there's some like ridiculously high percentage of people who die within a year. Oh, man. So injury is a problem right? Um, sarcopenia. So maintaining muscle mass mm -hmm. is, is critically important. So that's why I'm like, 
uh, for my goals, it's muscle mass and cognition and just being in the best health. And then ultimately your immune system is about battling infectious disease and cancer. So I think about those things. Yes. Um, and I think about that finish line, which is not retirement, which is not death, which is that longevity escape velocity ahead of me. And those are what, what uh, drive me. And I believe that these are coming. Mm. I love this. Um, I want people to get this book. They can go on your website and get it. And yeah, go to, yeah, diamandis.com backslash longevity. You can um, get the free guide online, which has yeah. got a lot of stuff, but also the book, Longevity. Yeah, on Amazon, right. Uh, and then I also, you know, one of the things, remember I said training your neural net? Um, you're training your neural net by what you read, what you watch, what you listen to, who you hang out with. If you're reading the obituaries, right, it's, that's not a good thing. If you're hanging out with old people in aches and pains, not a good thing. Um, and so on the what you read, uh, I built this AI engine called uh, longevityinsider.org. Mm. And it right. scans all of the media out there. And it finds high quality articles about breakthroughs that are extending the healthy lifespan. And I get a digest of a image and a paragraph summary and a link to the article every day. And so when I read that, it's like, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God, that's amazing. It's not what you see on CNN, right? It's the antithesis to what you see. It's this hopeful, positive future. So that's available uh, at the same same part of my website. That's your website? There. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's yeah. a newsletter. Every day you get this update. Every day. Yeah. Okay. You get an update. And there's a lot going on. It's an wow. amazing time. <laughs> yeah. What else can we do to support you today? How else can we do um, service? I think... Uh, Tell your friends about this uh, lunch, this uh, this Health Span X Prize. We're looking for teams out there. Uh, I hope you know we had six thousand teams enter uh, the the hundred million dollar prize that Elon funded uh, for gigaton carbon removal. I'm hoping to have you know five hundred to a thousand teams enter this one. There'll be startups, there'll be universities, there'll be labs, there'll be all kinds of, of things coming in. Um, you know. I want all ideas. Um, I like to say the day before something is really a breakthrough, it's a crazy idea. If it wasn't a, if it wasn't a crazy idea, it wouldn't be a breakthrough. So, so I want to find people around the world working on this. I want to change people's mindset about what's possible, capital to flow in, regulations to change. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's the greatest gift we can offer humanity. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, uh, if you're if you're able, and I hope you will, uh, go to Fountain Life and and check it check it out. Um, what does that consist of at Fountain Life? What do you have to do? How much time does it take? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's you. We have these five. We have four centers and a whole slew coming online. L.A. in twenty four, and then we're in going to Europe. Um, uh, I you. You sign up, um, you're in advance meeting over online, and then you come into one of the centers the night before and you spend the day with us. Uh, and during that day, uh, again, we gather more information about you than you know is possible, <laughs> right? So it is a full, it's 150 gigabytes of data, and uh, there's no way any human can analyze all that information, but we have a whole set of AI algorithms that are looking at your mitochondria to your cardiovascular, to your neuro, your, nice, your neurocognitive, everything. And our goal again is, is there anything going on that you need to know about? And if there is, tell you about it because guess what? You can do something about it, wow. right? If you catch anything early enough, you can do, including early dementia, including cardiovascular disease, including cancer, you want to know early. You don't want to know. You don't want to wait. People say, "I don't want to know." Of course, you want to know. And then, um, and then the other part is, how do we optimize you for the decades ahead? And your job is not to live forever from this. It's to live long enough to intercept the breakthroughs that are coming. Wow. Yeah. And then there's what, like quarterly blood tests. And then, and then we have right. You get you get a uh, as part of this upload, you get a. It's all functional medicine. I don't know if you know functional medicine, like the most advanced medicine. It understands the root cause. Yes. At a molecular level, what's going on? It, it's it's amazing. When I, it didn't exist when I was in medical school years ago. Right. It's amazing. So all of our docs are functional medicine docs. 
you get a concierge functional medicine longevity doctor as part of that who helps you interpret that and then guides you either to fix or optimize going forward. And then you get access to a, a set of therapeutics. Like mm -hmm. we'll show you, this is what just come out of Israel. This is what just came out of Europe. This just came out of whatever. And we make those things available at the centers. It's amazing. For people who, who want it, right? This is powerful stuff. I'm so excited about this. Um, what else can we do to support you? Anything else we can? I, I'm just thankful to get the word out. Uh, yeah. For me, this is a life's mission, literally and figuratively. Um, uh, and I, I think, you know, this is what keeps me going. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like. It's exciting. It's the, it's, it is exciting. It's yeah. amazing. People can get this uh, PDF for free at diamandis.com. Yep. And if they want more, they can get the entire book. Yep. They can go to all different things, fountainlife.com, uh, mylifeforce.com as well, which can get you set up there with analyzing different things about your health. XPRIZE Foundation, xprize.org. There's so many amazing things. Uh, again, you've got about six books a year, every year coming out, which are all <laughs> Not best six, of, but two. Yeah, two a year. Um, Peter, I'm so grateful for you. And, I, and every time you're on, I, I just really am grateful for the wisdom and the knowledge that you share openly. Thank you. And I want to acknowledge you for your, really your commitment to living a great life and helping as many people do that as well. Thanks, buddy. Every business, every XPRIZE, every free thing that you give to people, you're collecting the best minds in the world and trying to solve the biggest problems. So I really acknowledge you for that. Thank you, pal. And um, you know, you're welcome on here anytime to talk about the latest and greatest. So um, I've asked you this question before, but I'm curious if it's, yeah, curious if it's changed about your three truths. You know, um, so I'm curious if, if you can only leave three lessons behind to the world, your three truths, what would that be? So the one that most important for me is your mindset matters. Your mindset is your greatest tool. I like to say, what made you know Steve Jobs, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, you know uh, Elon Musk successful? Was it their tech? Was it their friends? Was it their money? Or was it their mindset? Right? It was their mindset. I really believe that. And if it, if your mindset is that important to being a great leader, the question asks: What mindset do you have? Where did you get it? And what mindset do you need? for the decade ahead, wow, right? Yeah. So for me, I've been a lot of thinking and writing around mindset. Um, the second truth is we are creating a world of abundance. Um, that we humans are, we screw things up a lot of times, but we are incredibly good at fixing things as well and overcoming uh, challenges. And we are creating uh, a world of abundance. And the third one, I think the nature of the universe is love. I'm curious, I have one, one more question for yeah, you. Yeah, sure. If um, you have twin boys, you said? Yeah. Um, Who I love dearly. You love dearly. Yeah. Let's say you get to, um, you know, see your, your boys live to 60. Mm -hmm. um, with all the things that happen over the next, 48 years, I guess, um, that you can predict or not predict, but you know it's a lot is going to happen in the world. Oh, yeah. 48, 50 years. Based on where you see everything going in 40 to 50 years, what would you say if you could share one final thing to them 50 years in the future, what would you say to them about what's to come for their next 50, oh, 60, my God. 70 years beyond. Uh, <laughs> that is the most if you difficult. could go into the future oh, I, I, so, and give a message to your sons. Wow. Uh, listen, I, I honestly, I get asked all the time to speak about, you know, the world in 50 years. I'm saying impossible. Cannot. I cannot think past a decade from now, honestly. Maybe 20 years is a big stretch. 50 years from now, what is it? What is I don't, we are, we are evolving into something beyond human. We are going from evolution by natural selection to evolution by human direction. We are evolving to, we are merging with technology. Um, and so 
uh, I think it's unknowable. This is what Ray speaks about the singularity that this this horizon beyond which you cannot see. Wow. Uh, so what happens when we're omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent? Um, you know, and we are to a large degree even now thinking about this, right? You can know anything, anytime, anywhere. We have, we're living in a trillion sensor world where I can ask a question like, what's the average color of a woman's blouse or a man's jacket on Madison Avenue and have an AI gather the data and give me the answer, right? You can, we can start to know anything. So it's, uh, you know, I was on on stage with uh, one of my favorite science fiction authors, uh, Dennis Taylor. It's actually my, one of my son's favorite science fiction authors and mine, and we've read the same books. Um, and, and I asked him, it must be really hard to write science fiction these days. And he goes, it's near impossible because it's all happening. Wow. Yeah. So not an answer, <laughs> not an answer, sorry. Well, maybe if it was not about the world, but just a message you'd want to give them. Oh, uh, that it's the same message every dad wants for his kids, for them to be good humans, for them to leave the world in a better place than they had it, that they're, they need to, uh, to give their gifts to the world and, mm. and do their best. Um, and, to you know, I, I think about, there are, there are three things I've, I said to my boys when they were born, I said, three things I want for you. Number one, I want you to be best friends. Mm. Number two, I want you to learn to ask great questions. And number three, I want you to find your purpose in life and live that fully. Yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's you, Matt. Thanks so much. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. At Metro, get an iPhone 12 with 5G and a dual camera system for $99.99. Take amazing pictures and share them instantly. And don't put up with life's yada yada. Yada yada. Like photo bombers. Zoom. Crop out. Yada yada. And bye. You don't take yada yada in life. Don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Get iPhone 12 with 5G with no activation fees and not a yada yada. Only at Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to Metro, bring your ID. This offer isn't available for customers currently at T-Mobile or that have been with Metro in the past 180 days.